how 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 have you been? <laughs> well, fine, fine. I had a week off. I di- I turned. I didn't take any assignments. I just decided to chill out. It was really great. I slept a lot. It was marvelous. How about you? Yeah, I sleep better on quarantine than, than actually without. <laughs> just holding the whole world the- at bay makes a real mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. yeah. It's like basically, it seems like the pressure is off. Mm-hmm. There's something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the hamster wheel has been stopped for a bit. Yeah. And you're sort of sleeping in the cage. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I know. I feel a little odd saying it suits me, but it seems to suit me. It suits like, me. I, I think well, I'm thriving. No. I know. I look better. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, you look younger. Hmm. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many people um, I know are going mad, just going mad. Even even like academic types who you think have so many, you know, introvert tendencies and can read for, you know, years mm-hmm. and everything else. And no, just like, ah, <laughs> got to get out of here. This needs to end. So it's interesting. Do you feel like the ones that go mad? Because I, I barely talk to anyone, very few people, but in, my, in your circle, the ones who go mm-hmm. mad, are they like single or do they stuck with a family? Is it like something about um, their domestic thing? Well, I've got different ones. Some are single, some are not. You know, I've, I've noticed, okay. you know, single men in, in my feed and stuff. Some of them seem to be uh-huh. going kind of nuts. <laughs> um, I don't know if that means anything. Um, but there's a few who have families who, you know, that's the more typical scenario. You're stuck with your yeah. close quarters with your kids and everything. And they're going nuts. And that makes more sense. Yes. That makes more sense that there might be a bit. Yeah. <laughs> overwhelmed yeah 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 but everyone else interesting that even yeah that you say even yeah like, the even bookish academic types types cannot take it wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought would have i thought that have been fine but yeah they're just like oh my god <laughs> one one person had a really interesting take he said something like he's such an introvert and normally he's not social but something about being in quarantine has forced him to be more social and i'm just like what <laughs> it's one of those classic academic exactly the counterintuitive thing that you never would have thought so yeah somehow he's forced to interact because of of the quarantine because everyone's you know calling and texting and shit like that i guess that i've heard i guess that's happening but i don't know don't pick up i like, know, you know? It's just again i don't <laughs> i don't see the problem but i can't you can't yeah. go by me kind of thing <laughs> yeah 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 but i also felt like i don't know for me it's something like the first week of like the feel of pandemic i think <gasps> the pandemic was official you kind of feel like are you ever going to see your relatives or like close friends and you call them and you are kind of kinder generally mm-hmm. oh, to yes. your closest people. And then <coughs> time goes by. Sorry. And you're kind of like, well, everyone's okay. So <laughs> back to normal. Yes. Not calling. That's right. Ever. I was calling like my sisters like almost <laughs> every day. And you know, it was this, all this Me really too, incessant call. <laughs> yeah. And then it gradually kind of dropped off. And <laughs> now we're back to about the usual rate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I found it actually kind of funny in a cynical way. You're like, well, it seems like no one has died yet. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah we can all kick that. in again, you know, if we get a scare. But that's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's, you know, there's, it's almost like there's only so much, you know, if you were raised a certain way anyway, there's only so much closeness and affection you can handle. <laughs> so, you know, you have to taper off again if you're from my family. There's only going to be so much you can stand. Yeah. 
Well, for me too. So I, I felt like that all kind of already, mm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the limit. <laughs> there was a limit for that first week. <laughs> right, right. And now, <laughs> unless there's an emergency, now, then yeah. But yeah, yeah, unless there's an emergency, but it's but it's more psychological. Obviously, I like oh. would be helpful and all, but it's like in my head, it's like already turned off. I kind of like <laughs> enough empathy. Or I, <laughs> I used up my supply already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's actually really bizarre but overall i mean anyway i guess we'll talk about it every week but the sense of uncertainty mm-hmm. that drives everyone crazy besides their kids and being stuck at home mm-hmm. just general sense of uncertainty that's like been with me for as long as i'm like an adult yeah. i've never had any kind of particular stability of any mm-hmm. like lasting kind you know whatever work-wise or whatever it is <laughs> financially looking into the future mm-hmm. and for me it's all the same but it feels like for a lot of people it just kicked in they're like especially in the west or americans oh, yeah, or absolutely. More kind of prosperous you know, it's, nations they're like mm-hmm. yeah oh it's horrendous <laughs> for people who like don't know what you know they're not getting any what severance pay they've been fired they don't know if they're going to ever get paid again you know it's that that's got to be terrifying i just simply lucked that i got to you know my husband got to retire and i retired with him early and so i did just sheer timing luck for me because otherwise i'm sure i'd be like what's gonna happen oh my god I'd, i'd have all that agony to go through which i'm you already went i mean whatever yeah you're spared but i i i just it just the same it's like nothing changed there was somewhat of an agony mm-hmm. and now they just i've really put on style but it's the same so for me it's like pre-coronavirus yeah. was pretty much the same mm-hmm. kind of yeah. <laughs> mental i don't know what yeah instability prepared <laughs> like pain, you instability, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, mentally i was and i will anyway but uh so now it's like we're weirdly thriving yeah but anyway i don't want to like brag too much because no, what if that's I, heartless. I don't want to be jinx that it. heartless yeah and we also don't want to <laughs> no, jinx I'm it heartless. Right. oh no, no no i'm not heartless to like the, i don't know millions actually what is it like uh, this i think the last yeah. latest number is like 25 million of people mm-hmm. filed unemployment in america mm-hmm. i mean that obviously horrible but i'm also talking more about because we're going to talk about goop today mm-hmm. more sort of like i guess uh, upper middle class people with jobs who sort of for the first time oh, yes. felt some sort of insecurity about their future even though they're definitely like have enough food for I don't know years to come mm-hmm. and all that yeah so I'm talking I guess I was more gloating towards that oh, right. rather than any sort of real insecurity right 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 of the of the I don't know is there even a real working class I don't know of the of the workers so so that's different but yeah but uh, but yeah, I guess enough of gloating. Yeah, of so all times we talk about Duke and Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> but yeah, but it's sort of wow. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even though if you heard if you heard about it, I and mean, you might not, you might be the rare person who's never heard about Goop. Um, that's Gwyneth Paltrow, obviously the 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 actress, um, came up with this initially. I think it was a newsletter, and then a newsletter a website, yeah. and then of course now it's stores and it television show called the goop lab and i don't know what all it's an empire she's just making bazillions of dollars Um, it's worth i think like quarter of a billion yeah 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 if not more at this point because it's very oprah oprah like in its tenants in its you know selling a kind of wellness and healing idea to women but there's a product a very pricey product attached to absolutely everything that is being recommended so it's that kind of an empire um and it's you know if you heard about it at all you probably heard about it because it was being from the beginning so mocked so reviled and the and the hater the hater attitude toward it is built in to the experience by now it's been very canny in that way it kind of you know there's been scandals surrounding um um 
goop in general, you know, the, the selling of the claims for products that are completely bogus, all the pseudoscientists um, and experts supposedly that she brings on who have wild claims for things like vaginal eggs that you, you know, <laughs> basically stones you shove up your vag that are supposed to do something for them, strengthening them, do something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a lawsuit I, I over that something, one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. I think it's like promised. No, it's just like the details of it. I think it's like supposed to, it was advertised. It's like that it will prevent uterine prolapse. Oh, that's which, right. That's right. That was specific. <laughs> which it did, which it did not. Of course. Yes, yeah, it was a very specific lawsuit. So, so they yeah. can prove it actually prevented anything. And yeah. Truth, yeah, it was truth and advertising so. that brought suit against her for, I think that and I think there were 51 total products where just outrageous claims were being made for their healing properties. But that's the one that, of course, becomes famous. Um, And she winds up having to pay not very much at all, like nothing, her lunch money, 145,000, something like that. Some nominal sum. And of course, she's gotten a lot more, more, more careful uh, as far as disclaimers, so at the beginning of every episode of the Goop Lab, there is a, this is not intended to be medical advice, always consult with your blah, blah, blah. Even though they'll still go on making insane, stupid claims on the show, they've got this disclaimer to cover them at the beginning. And they were supposed to not, oh, I forget, there were, there were rules that came with, with the lawsuit that they were not supposed to do certain things anymore. But there, it was such a slap on the wrist. It was so little. Of course. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I, since it's not my point, Yasha made this point. He said she's kind of like a female Trump in some ways. Mm-hmm. But like, not just female, also more like, I guess, more liberal or progressive, whatever you call that, Hollywoody Trump. Yeah, Hollywood liberal kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Supposed feminist. There's, this is all <laughs> undercover of, of supposed feminism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's something, yeah, she's really just building <laughs> an empire <laughs> and as open and somewhat has a sincere, somewhat disposition. Uh, not filtering at all what she seems to be like kind of thinking about it or saying uh, coming from her bubble so yeah there's there's something to that the way she's just posturing well yeah and a, and a real she shameless that, that amazing shame mm-hmm. huckster shamelessness that, that distinguishes you know if you go by you know Herman Melville who, who did the confidence man there's a kind of confidence trick built into America um, it's all part of that individual thriving you have to be able to sell mm-hmm. people something that they that they, you figure out that they want even if they don't need it all which usually yeah. They don't. And yeah, she's great at that in that she can, they can, you know, again, there'll be these little humorous things where they kind of indicate that they know they're being regarded as ridiculous, but they'll do a little laugh and kind of mock it. So, you know, the vaginal egg that gets her reams of bad publicity. Well, if you see the logo for the show, it's essentially, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in a kind of abstract art version of female genitalia standing like in the middle of it. It's just, Is she, it made out of flowers? I, I think so. I it's all, pain, tell. all shades some of kind pink of and pink, kind of graphically, yeah. artfully graphically designed. And yeah, so the, and there's there's various different ones that she stands in front of grinning her head off. Um, yeah. Yeah, so she just kind of goes for it. Like, yep. Yeah, I'm the vaginal egg or the vaginal scented candle, which we were just discussing. (laughs) I have to say, just for a second, reminded me, remember which movie of Woody Allen it is? I don't remember. He's dressed as a sperm. (laughs) Yes. 
and kind of yeah. running. Everything like you always that wanted element. to know about sex right. work just that one. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Very funny. Yeah, move. but that's like, but without humor, though. She's sort of like. No, it's all packaged as <laughs> wellness, you know. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just the outrageousness of going for that image. You know, mm-hmm. which you can also claim it's all about being, you know, open and free and, and, and you know, but, proud of yeah. your <laughs> proud of your female body and all the rest of this but bullshit. You know, <laughs> but, you know, like the first thing when we moved to the whatever, what is it? Uh, vagina scented candle or mm-hmm. I'm not clear what. But but the thing is. And it's it, her vagina, it, it, turns out. It's not just anybody. I, I mean, that just mind, that's mind blowing. <laughs> but, you know, when you were watching, I forgot which might be its second episode or the whole uh, when the like the feminist, um, the like 19 year old feminist was kind of uh, the main character uh-huh. of the episode about like, some sort of ple- all pleasure is yours. I mean, the thing about it, I, I mean, I know like women are, you know, women, women, women are kind of have different positions historically than men. But imagine if you flip that and it's like, Men or boys or whatever, young men sitting around and like sort of like trying to figure out how to cherish their genitalia and look at it. I mean, yeah. it's it, it just there's something <laughs> there's something really ridiculous about the whole just notion. Not the the Betty, what is it, Betty Dots in the family yeah, yeah. seem kind of cool. Who's the guest on the show? The general, yeah. Yeah, the, the, that guest seemed kind of cool, and she was mm-hmm. like doing some kind of feminist she workshop. Since to, the she, she explained to Gwyneth Paltrow what a vagina actually was, because it turned out Gwyneth Paltrow didn't really know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that for for the specialist. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, but all I'm saying, if you do the gender flip, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hilarious as it is now, but if you flip it, that just kind of—I <laughs> don't know. It's yeah, sort but the of whole like argument shows. would have been, of course, men mm-hmm. have always been out and proud about their out butts, and, and women have always been ashamed and hiding so that's that that would be the argument that goes you know Mm, 70s feminism squatting over Mm -hmm. a hand mirror our bodies ourselves that goes back to interesting because women were so ashamed of everything and you know you do still Mm -hmm. encounter this for example it's amazing about menopause like it's still Mm -hmm. this silent shame and if you've gone through it i've gone through you're too young of course but Mm -hmm. myself and my friends when we talk about it we're just like isn't it amazing it's still like nobody talks about it it's like nobody wants to know fucking know about that boy is it awful i just warn you right now unless you're very lucky it's so much worse than you have ever (laughs) and it goes on for years does it last for like a year or years longer and my my friends lasted years hot flashes are not like hot flashes cute they're like oh my fucking god it's like you're standing in front of a roaring furnace and you and you and if you're in public you got to keep your clothes on and you're just like you're dying you're sweating you turn red oh no it's bad it's really bad but no one tells you because that's still an area of secret shame and there's no way to sell it because it's not about young female sexuality you know with Gwyneth Paltrow she's not so young anymore but you notice she should be going through that now maybe like mid late 40s I I will be interested to see if she will if she'll do an episode on that because that's not sellable like no one loves that idea she didn't do it she should have though yeah 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 Yeah. will she actually get into the nitty gritty of anything that you can't attached to a cute pink product um huh. i don't know we'll see because now it's like it's all the people on her show are young and fit and super slender you know almost without exception and occasionally yeah. there'll be a visit to a regular person who's a little less fit and slender but otherwise it's just straight oh. santa monica people all the way yeah, i have to say that 
that's structure of the show. So we have. To, I think we have to kind of like lay it out. Mm. Which no spoilers, but so okay. So there, there. The show is structured in a fucking ridiculous, weird, goopy, goopy <laughs> way. So Gwyneth Paltrow and her what is it? CFO, whatever. Something like no, her, no, no, no. It's a great uh, title. It's the chief. Wait, chief, chief what? content officer. Chief content oh, officer. So CCO. Yes. I just wanted to say yes. something. Okay, CCO Elise is her CCO. Yeah, who, who, who is actually kind of seems like kind of like, like I don't know. She's she's more. She's the one who looks serious. She has a she short dark serious. haircut and, and a major jaw. Yeah, yeah. So she looks like the intellect of the group. Yeah, she looks interesting. But anyway, so the, she and Gwyneth sits. They sit uh-huh. uh, on some kind of like pink, pink weird all sofa. The, all the folk, all, all the Goop Lab, which is just corporate <laughs> mm-hmm. fancy corporate offices, have pink furniture. <laughs> it's all pink. weird. So Santa Monica headquarters <laughs> is all pink. So they sit on the pink. Uh, sofa mm-hmm. and talk uh, in each episode to this or that expert yeah. and that is intercut with other goopers who are like more lowly employee mm-hmm. but that are actually picked for I don't know for looks they're ridiculously yes. attractive but like different races different, yes very uh, Benetton family so you have to have Total one Benetton. beautiful black girl and one beautiful Asian girl Asian girl yes. <laughs> and one blonde and one gay yes. and one yes. straight whatever yes. okay so there's that and those people who are like sort of the guinea pigs even though Gwyneth Pelcher calls herself guinea pig anyway so those people they kind of like sent to try all the wacky stuff right. that's been kind of like all these new advertised. age healing yeah. things that they try or whatever yeah, yeah but then that's like I didn't immediately cut up to that because I don't know I was like barely could focus on the show <laughs> but then it, that also intercut with now not goopers but sort of like seems like simple people yes they the bring commoners. in they bring in some peasants <laughs> they bring in peasants but it's still which God. Okay, and then the peasants who are like I don't know how they <laughs> how they curate them, uh, sort of like dressed or like they, there's like a whole makeup thing. I don't know. They look rather good for peasants, yes. and they sit on this kind of designer chair mm-hmm. in the middle of. I guess also might be Goop headquarters. Mm-hmm. It looks very kind of spacious, loft yes. space, yes. and talk about how they're some sort of. I don't know, like there was like a rock war veteran with PTSD and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how they were helped by all this quackery or or not quackery, I don't know. Some I think a rock veteran says that MDMA um yeah, the drug treatments helped him. Helped him. Yeah. Which is the most I believable, I think, maybe, of the things. Yeah, that's believable, that definitely. But <laughs> but the structure itself is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And and I ha- and actually now it made me think both okay, Gwyneth Paltrow and her CCO, mm-hmm. the lowly more lowly goop employees and then the peasants they sort of like dressed more or less the same yes. so I wonder so the peasants who were like interviewed did they like were they given a sort of like an outfit oh I totally like, assume they were all what's going on the camera. they were all because you know there's this pronounced color scheme and fa- even pastels. fabric scheme mm-hmm. yeah pastels colors as a rule and all the all the like com- you know they're very casual wear things that they tend to wear because they're being mm-hmm. sent I don't know to Jamaica or to I forget what Nord- Nordic country they go to to do yoga in the snow called Snoga oh uh, no no it wasn't Tahoe it oh, wasn't it wasn't but it gets in some more cold, like it's in some more tropical thing well, here and there. It was that. But they're always wearing this. If you just know from from looking at clothes, they, it costs the earth to buy these very simple, you know, natural yeah. fabric. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, t-shirts and it's overalls. Like hamp, yes. Hamp sweatpants for and sweaters, $400. Exactly. Yeah. Which I'm sure you can go online and buy that very one for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the favorite, the CCO's favorite jumpsuit sells for, I believe, $795. I looked Jesus. that one up. That does look, <laughs> they do look kind of good. They do look good relaxed. because they advertise clean beauty is the logo that they have on their mm-hmm. website. So there's a whole look that's like you don't too, wear too much makeup, your hair looks mm-hmm. sort of tussled, artfully mm-hmm. tussled and natural, again, in a way that costs a fucking fortune if you want to get that at a salon and get dyed to look kind of natural-ish. That all costs the earth. But it looks like you're barely doing anything. So that's the look. I kept longing for somebody to be basically as made up as a drag queen just to break, give yourself a break and wearing real color and wearing something with sequins just to get away from this look of clean, natural beauty that costs that a would fucking be fortune. Offensive. Oh, no, no they would that never. would be offensive. They would never bring like, in had, anyone. No. no. Also, Goop headquarters probably don't even allow people in. You wouldn't get they, past like, reception. <laughs> like that. No, 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 no. You don't go in. But... So, God, but you know, it's like we can circle back to our previous episode on Emma. Yes. I mean, she's such Emma, aging Emma. Yeah, she's a bad aging (laughs) Emma who just never learned nothing, never, never went up against anything that failed enough for her to doubt herself one iota. Yes. No. And but instead of doing matchmaking, now she's sort of like she fixes kind of helping she fixes people. Fixes the world. Yes. Yeah. Fixes people's health supposedly, but I don't know what like her. I mean, it just well, it's just also, hard to she, even. Yeah. She explains it. I think in the first episode, and it's mm-hmm. in the trailer. It's something like she realizes that this is, and I'm quoting her calling. So a calling is you know for religious okay. life, and that it, that you know she realized she was meant to do much more than like make out with Matt Damon for a movie. Oh yeah, she did say <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> and then she says something like, you know, it's all about getting the most out of your life. We only have our one lives and blah, blah, which, you know, I also believe in. But she twists everything you've ever. Oh, every time you can, agree with her for one second, you hate yourself. But then she says. Yeah, so I can quote her, though. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. How can we? Because I, I have direct quote. I mm-hmm. saved it because it was just great. She says, we're here one time, one life. How can we really like milk the shit out that's of this? It. <laughs> that's that. That's what the direct direct quotation. And and. So, yeah, so she's trying to optimize her, I don't know what, like, uh, already perfect, like, lean body. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and help everyone else. And you're like, well, but who's the everyone else who can possibly afford? Every episode is about going, as far as I can remember, everyone I saw anyway, I couldn't make it through them all. There's only six, but I think I only made it through three and a half. But anyway, they go to some incredibly resorty vacation spot while they stay in some fabulous house that's right either on the beach or on the fjords or on the I don't know what they're always in some fabulous place that would again cost you so much it's all this kind of designer vacay dream of self-healing that nobody can afford but but really rich people so but you can get a little piece of it by buying you know her hundred dollars an ounce I don't know rose tinted face cream you know you can get a little of the of the lifestyle and, and you know, the self-care you know it's loaded with jargon every episode uses all the all the kind of new age pseudo-feminist language that of course we, we would associate it with all, the whole self-care movement that is a maddening maddening one because on the one hand you do wish people you know took better care of themselves felt better all that stuff but it's all couched in this horrifying lingo that is now set in stone and they all use it that's true, but also okay. I mean, and then 
I don't want to necessarily defend it, but I do feel that since she's so sincere and also just the look of it and the colors she feels so true if you ever go to like more ritzy area and i don't know bay area or it doesn't matter northern california southern california it feels like not that for you know it, it's very realistic to what you can kind of see around oh, santa absolutely. monica or i don't know it's like a very abbott kinney environment if you yeah. see the affluent of la <laughs> living out on mm-hmm. the, exactly out on the beach it's coast, exactly that. that's exactly what you see yeah and so and you told me you actually, well, you used to live here and mm-hmm. like, in LA, pretty yeah. much in Hollywood. So you kind of had, not only you had a friend who works or worked in Goop uh, about this cold candle stuff, but you also kind of know some people with the same exact sincere sort of disposition towards, Absol- I don't know. Absolute what, belief. And, and I, I was the daughter of someone who's very, very famous and I'm not, I'm not going to out her, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's and knowing right. the children of the famous is, is one of the phenomena. If you try to break into the film or television industry, you immediately meet <laughs> everywhere. the kids because <laughs> they're everywhere and they kind of hang around That's the true. fringe, cluttering things up. They never can get their act together enough. And I know, I know it wasn't just me because I knew someone else who was, you know, another daughter of another star and we would compare notes. It was the same. They hang around, they try to have showbiz careers. They cannot focus. They can't get their act together at all. And they actually, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, episode where, where Gwyneth Paltrow talks about how, you know, her her CCO says, well, but everyone would say, how could you have any problems? How could you need any healing? You're beautiful. You're rich. You're famous. You're this or that. And Gwyneth Paltrow says, that's that's true. But people don't realize I also have experienced trauma. And indeed, and stuff. <laughs> all the children of the, the super wealthy, famous everything have always experienced trauma. And they're not wrong in that, you know, you know, the parenting skills of the rich and famous are bad. So they've almost always had very bad basic foundational relationships. That's true. I don't mean to say that they don't. But everything is is mink-lined. Everything, all of their trauma can be bought off. I mean, literally the person I knew, she just lived her life very, very extravagantly. The house she lived in was paid for by her mother. Her mother got her little acting jobs, tiny, tiny ones, just enough so she could always keep her health insurance through SAG. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, is that right? No, the what's Sag, the, what's yes, the I asked her, right? Yes. Screen Actors yeah, Guild. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she was always kind of taken care of being given things. And her mother would simply pay off all her credit cards. So she just lived this way. And she mm-hmm. even had a second house in Taos that she said, if it ever gets really bad, I can always just go to Taos. And she's probably there now because now things have gotten really bad. Um, so everything was just taken care of. And she hung around sort of trying to have a career. But again, so addled, <laughs> so unable to focus. And she was a total sincere believer. I can still remember her telling me. She was just about to be able to open her fourth chakra. And if you know anything about the chakras, you know, that's for real yogis. You you know, ordinary people yeah. don't open any fucking chakras. But she was convinced. Well, I know about third eye. You know about third <laughs> yes, eye? Yes, I do. I do know yeah, about third tried eye. tried opening that. Yeah, how'd that go for you? <laughs> I mean, I don't, how if I know? I don't know. It took that ayahuasca well, in the yeah, jungle. Most I don't people know. who even try to meditate for 10 minutes discover it's yeah. fucking hard it's really hard you have to it's dedicate your hard. life this woman couldn't have dedicated 10 minutes she didn't have the attention span but she would say things like that very solemnly and anything you told you that i have a bad nail biting habit always had it and she's like you know what that mm-hmm. means it means your stomach is full of parasites and so you have to take this tincture <laughs> and she would be so she would be solemnly sure she always had the little new age cure you know, the new age diagnosis and cure for anything you could think of. Um, Meanwhile, could not fix herself. 
for the for for anything. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because it's you know you send me this garden um, sort of piece on the Goop Lab mm-hmm. uh, from a few months ago because we're a bit late reviewing it, and I think it had like a, a, relating to what she said. Now it has like a good um, uh, the garden critic had a good point that sort of this the, these people. They definitely have, and Gwyneth Paltrow is their leader, they kind of refuse to sort of accept the, I don't know, that there's a certain level of anxiety or sorrow, whatever problems mm. that are just there in your life. And that's like, and then there's going to be some negativity mm-hmm. that you cannot some kind of like expel <laughs> by, I don't know, some voodoo guy sort of touching your back and, or, I don't know, doing some kind of weird cleansing of energy fields and the psychic intervention and all that. So, so there's there's the weird thing that they truly believe they can do mm-hmm. with, and they don't want to accept anything that it's like a kind of weirdly pink, happy, perfect existence on day to day level. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's like, it's almost bigger than just like a minor self-care thing. That's, there's something in their almost uh, disposition. I don't know, mentally, I don't know. Did they turn that away? Or it's like, if you're born into this, you're like that. I don't know how you become that way. Well, and I, well, I think it, they've also yeah. taken very seriously, which a lot of Americans do. I mean, that you're cursed with the idea that you're supposed to be happy, that whole you're, you're mm-hmm. entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And a lot of people, and I include myself somewhat, have, have mm-hmm. transmuted that into thinking somehow happiness should be able to be yours. And really, it's not a lot of the human condition. It's not not very no. happy but the difficulty in accepting it i think is you know it's especially accentuated in america and you can really see this among these people and of course to give them some credit a little bit it must seem weird to them because there they are they have all their financial needs met they're they've done as well as you can possibly do in life you know at least yeah. monetarily and yet if they find themselves not happy they must really wonder like 10 times beyond what most people wonder because you know you're like you, you we've all got pressures and worries and all that stuff constant it's relentless and for many for most people crushing crushing they destroy lives and but here you are sitting pretty and you're still not happy so it's really that yeah. it's like they don't regard that as the natural state that there's any unhappiness. But also they regard, yeah, but they also seem like if you even zoom out more, they sort of regard some sort of individual. It's not even well-being. It's not about health. It, they seek some sort of like accomplishment and and basically happiness from 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 their individual existence, yes. which just seems to be and further, utterly yes, selfish. Enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's yeah. weird because they dig deep into their almost like intestines, cleanse them, cleanse them, cleanse them. Then they go, mm-hmm. then they go try to open some chakras, yeah, third eye, this, go, that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then you eject like your own blood into your own face, and then it's about whatever. Yes. And Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow, by the way, did it did on the that. show. Yes. And, and then there's something weird because it's sort of weird just this kind of I mean, that that's just the truth, like kind of acceleratingly rotting, rotting flesh. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, and that just, it's the condition that's always been. And so, yeah, you can maintain your health all you want, but there can be like, it's just a weird to find some sort of perfect happiness in your, in, I don't know, what is it, individual existence, purely in, oh, purely in that. Right. And the, there, there's something bizarre about that. Because well, coming from other cultures, it's not all, like, this belief is not universally shared. Now probably it is because it's kind of won over. Right. You know, but it hasn't been that way. And it's always, so not useful know? or good. It just doesn't, doesn't equip you to withstand. <laughs> well, for one thing, dying. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow is a perfect, you know, just the fact that the flesh ages and you're going to yeah. have to succumb 
to forces greater than yourself. And, you know, stars are, are notoriously resistant to this. And you can see this working in Gwyneth Paltrow now. You know, she's yeah. fi- finally starting to show some age. And of course, she's also... You can see it. Yeah, yeah. you can start to see it finally. But of course, you know, this is with the perfect gym-toned bod and everything money can do for you. But it's starting, her face is really starting to fill out in that way that, you know, all the work in the world isn't going to help. It's starting to happen to Tom Cruise, too, which I thought would never happen. I, <laughs> I thought know. he'd really made a pact with the devil, but finally it's starting to show in his face a little. And she looks so odd. She's getting to that phase of where you do all the work in the world and you just begin to look odd. So she's got this kind of odd Taunt skin. Yeah, weird, she's got right? super Taunt. like taut skin so that all the wrinkles are except her right around her eyes are almost entirely gone and she's got this weird to me anyway she seemed very pink and all i could think of she's using her product which is the yo the rose tinted skin cream because she's very <laughs> rosy colored all over in this kind of boiled ham kind of way oh no 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 i think the most famous goop product mm-hmm. and i'm embarrassed to even know about it there's some kind of like i don't quote me on this something like magical a quick facial oh. that has all this like Acids in it. it. It seems like expensive. I've never had it, but I mean, you can do you it at take home. Take over the top and layer think, of skin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yes. so she supposedly does it every day. It's her oh. own developed product. So I think her pink color is more that she's just like fully. She's ripping off a layer. and has yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have like the outer layer, and then, so, so that's that like a natural. It. It might be natural, <laughs> that might be a natural color. It is fascinating. So, and it's me. supposed oh. yeah yeah. And it's supposed to kind of like probably prevent the wrinkles on the top yes. layer. I don't yes. know. Yes, yes, so yes. That, that, so that's yeah. So that's that because I you know I've been subscribed to this newsletter mm-hmm. just. I don't know. I, I found out about it. I don't know five, six years ago. Yeah, and that's a fascinating read. Mm. Just so that's how I know some some of the products. Um, yeah, it's very delusional in many ways, but then also kind of kind of interesting <laughs> to follow. Well, it is, what and, those and the people way she think. refuses to change her look at all. So the hair is exactly the center parted blonde, mm-hmm. perfectly straight blonde. You know, the same length she's tended to maintain for most of her career. It's like, and and that's very typical too. The refusal to let go. Of, of the look that defined you no matter what. So, you know, you see you saw it in Elizabeth Taylor, <laughs> you know, the end of her life. And she'd say, well, the fans expect it. So it would have to be the dyed hair, the dyed eyebrows, the, you know, mm-hmm. the full makeup, everything to get as close to, well, well, she's 80 and she's at death's door and her health has been terrible for decades. And, but Nevertheless, you do the approximation or an even greater example, which I feel very fond of in um, um, David Lynch's Mulholland Drive and Miller, the tap dancer, musical star of the 50s, jet black hair, which she naturally had in her you know <laughs> younger days. She dyed her hair jet black and had the red lips and the jet black eyebrows. And there her whole face is oh, just right. disintegrating. But she's holding true. <laughs> I'm sure Lynch loved her for that. Just refusing. Yeah. To back down, but it looks kind of interesting because they all become marvelous, actually, in this kind of crazy way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Gwyneth Paltrow is just plays not, a Hollywood. And she, yeah. no, she's playing she played, kind no. of nutty Hollywood mm-hmm. person who's like got one of those old Hollywood what apartment buildings? I forget houses. Yeah, 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 houses. So she was kind of playing it up. She seemed aware of it, but I also had seen photos of her, and she, that was how she she was doing exactly that. So, and you just think it would be so softening and less aging if you didn't hang on to exactly the same. Vibe 
violent yellow hair that you always had in your youth. But, you know, look at Robert Redford. How long did it take him to let any gray show? He would dye, have his hair dyed golden blonde. And people who saw him in person at Sundance would just be like, my God, <laughs> he's 70 and he's still wearing golden blonde hair. Looks so weird. But they kind of, yeah, you can see why your whole, your whole life has been building up this image and now you can't. Now you can't part with it. But she has the most amazingly empty eyes. She's she, only Tom Cruise has ever had that, you know, the one who you know, he, he supposedly inspired American Psycho. Remember that story from Christian Bale who saw him on a talk mm-hmm. show and said he'd smile, but it never went to his eyes. <laughs> he would just smile with his mouth. And that was the inspirational um, image for his, the performance in American Psycho. Well, but back to why I like him, because I think he really went insane oh, I think so. from becoming Total famous sociopathic. to young. So my whole reasoning yes. is I don't want to go back to Tom Cruise because I can, you know. But he's a, <laughs> it's a kind of perfect start. You've given yourself entirely over to it. <laughs> entirely. Yeah. And so Gwyneth Paltrow to see her sitting on the sofa and she's always posed very, very perfectly. And you can tell makeup and hair people have just backed off from the final perfections when the camera rolls. <laughs> and she'll just sit there holding a pose and going, she'll say things like, wow. You know, her CCO will talk a lot, but she will almost never says anything. Periodically, there'll be a little canned paragraph or two. And then there's one episode where she's, they get her to do push-ups, even though she's fasting at the time. It's the it's the guy who's trying to demonstrate that doing cold water plunges and snow. Oh, yeah, William. Uh, I wrote it down. Is it William Hoff? I think that's right. Yes, it's an interesting guy. Yeah, I yeah. think I might have heard of him before. Yeah, he's done all but sorts yeah, so of anyway. physical feats after demonstrating. Uh, Wim Hof. Yeah, yeah, well, Wim Hof. Well, Which is like a side note. I thought it's fascinating and somehow was not even like addressed at all. He just kind of brushed through it. Mm-hmm. He, star- he he mentioned it. He started. Uh, he went. He became a healer slowly and all this. Like, like plunge into cold water mm-hmm. guy. Um, uh, after his wife jumped out of the window and left him with like what three or four children, mm-hmm. and he's and it basically the narrative sort of seemed like that was a blessing in some way because then he became oh my god what is it yeah they definitely didn't tell <laughs> that <laughs> yeah no he mentioned he he did either he I don't says know he went through something he but that. did he oh did he say that that is happened? that oh my god I don't know that that is that is kind of that I think he mentioned that she committed suicide oh, okay. but it seems like that was the beginning of his like stardom yeah. and career and Guinness what what do you call those like when you put you become like a rec, Guinness record you break a record you, yeah the Guinness Book of World uh, Records yeah. Guinness Book of, yeah. Yeah, so that that is that is an interesting story. But yeah, anyway, so and I think he made he made uh, Gwyneth and her CCO do push-ups, yes. and Gwyneth, despite being on a five-day like almost no, almost no food fasting, yes. like she won. Yes, right? easily won. Went way past. <laughs> and of course, the CCO kept predicting. You know, she's so strong, she'll beat me. And I thought, well, of course she will, because you'll make sure she will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, I'm so tired, I have to stop now. But the incredible Gwyneth will go right on doing push-ups. God, it's such a like mean girls Heather. It's like a very high school kind of environment. Very. There's like the queen bee, Everyone and that's up. her satellite. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's her satellite. Yeah. Oh, before I forget the quackery thing, um, and I, I, wished, I, I watched all six episodes. Um, did, did you see where um, there was like this 
weird guy who sort of almost without touching you while you're lying oh, or while they were lying. The, the energy oh, healer or whatever the hell it was. Energy yeah, healer. Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, I cannot not mention it. So basically the whole idea of the guy, I don't remember his name, sort of weird quack doctor, I think personal almost friend of mm-hmm. Lynette because she always, she frequently uses him for that to, re- to release trauma and whatever, heal. Uh, supposedly he thinks that trauma is stored in different parts of the body. Like there was one woman invited to, you know, have some kind of energy healing with him mm-hmm. like it, the trauma was stored in her foot you know and so okay. before so, so before he like sort of like did some weird voodoo around her ankle mm-hmm. she couldn't release that trauma mm-hmm. and once he did she, she you know you become cleansed yes. and sort of free free of worries and you can sleep better and blah 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 mm-hmm. i'm like what the hell mm-hmm. like i i mean it sounds interesting the whole trauma stored in different parts of the body but it it looks like some kind of witchcraft stuff, well it's because so. it's just close enough to what is kind of true like you know you hold tension mm-hmm. just because if you get a yeah. massage they're like oh your your neck and shoulders mm-hmm. are knots or you got knots in your back or whatever so you know you do so it's just so it's just that one step over into a, somebody can wave their hands over you and and fix you yeah <laughs> yeah without touching so yeah. he's almost kind of like on the safer side uh, you know like imagine a chiropractor uh-huh. right who sort of does the whatever i think it's quackery too but he sort of cracks something in your yeah but if you do go to a chiropractor temp- very temporarily you will feel better but you would feel better if you got a massage you would you know body yeah, work yeah. just tends to feel good but that but that felt next level so you don't even touch, don't even touch the body the you sort of like <laughs> there was a weird thing like a, yeah yeah Gwyneth <laughs> sort of lies down in her all black kind of like this legging mm-hmm. and some kind of t-shirt thing uh, looking very fancy and she lies on her stomach and he probably like 10 inches away from her butt <laughs> right. lo- lower back and he kind of holds his hand there and she starts kind of doing some weird warm like warm like <laughs> movement and supposedly that's because his energy is so strong which you know i don't i don't know what if it is <laughs> that is sort, of, sort of yeah completely you know i don't know make you release and then you you can sleep like a baby uh-huh. oh man anyway that some some of that stuff is kind of kind of beyond but you know it's interesting one of the again another some kind of review you sent me was mm-hmm. it from wired or where was think, it from i think it's sort a of, wired one yeah because I wonder if someone can look at it and while admitting that it's most of it is like a rich person quackery mm-hmm. and self-care is like there's some sort of weird hopeful message someone saw in it, yeah. which I don't know. Do you see any kind of hope in a vagina smelling candle? How does it? <laughs> yeah. So, well, how does it even help? And a surprising number of critics, in other words, sort of came to came to mock and stayed to say, oh, well, there's something beautiful and hopeful here. Or yeah. this is my favorite argument. It might have been the wired one is the one where it does say, you know, this is giving hope to the people who, who, who've lost all hope. And I'm, mm-hmm. And I was like, but it isn't. <laughs> it isn't doing that at all. It's this is for people who have every access to every kind of great care, medical and otherwise, that there is. So these are you know, other except when they bring in an occasional peasant, which is like one per show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then sorta but I mean, come on, if you've got if you're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, EMDR is an actual, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of psychiatry thing. It's got far mm-hmm. more even that's considered a little dicey, but it's got more proof behind it than what they're talking about. Um, 
So, so yeah, it's like it's the suggestion is that the truly hopeless can now go to these kinds, and that's what's poignant and kind of lovely about the show can go to these kind of cures, you know, snoga and you know energy healing and stuff because they've they've run out of everything else. But that doesn't seem to be what's showcased at all. Is a rule. It's it's not the whole emphasis of the show tends to be, you know, proud guinea pigs of the of the wealthy who get sent to lovely exotic locations to stay in marvelous vacation surroundings and have wonderful, if silly, things done to them. You know, you get to do a certain kind of drug, you get a certain kind of body work done, it's all delightful. You know, even though they cry, they cry incessantly, the whole group team, the goop team, they're always sobbing to show how it works. Um, It's the most luxurious thing that can possibly happen. So it's exactly not... You're not going to go to a hopeless encampment and say, here, we're here to give hope to people for whom there's nothing available. Through psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. It's instead it's for yeah. people who have everything available mm-hmm. to them. They're also going to get this additional woo-woo stuff um, to play yeah. with, which is fun to play with. But, you know, it's, it's presented very seriously in like Hope for Mankind-ish um, kind of ways in the show, sometimes anyway. It's all considered yeah. very profound. Well, you know, another thing, because uh, that was, I think, the very first episode, I guess they wanted to, like, suck you in with that, that these goopers um, mm. uh, go to Jamaica, that's what you're referring to, to take magic mushroom with mm-hmm. some sort of, like, semi-healer guru who's actually a white woman from, what is it, she sounded British to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was nothing necessarily indigenous about it. Anyway, so they're working with magic mushroom. And the whole thing there, it's like, okay, it's about, it felt like it's it was about releasing trauma and self-healing. Mm -hmm. blah 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 but then all of them were saying how they finally feel so connected Mm -hmm. with each other and you know I, you know, psychedelics not only for the rich, they're actually pretty affordable, especially if you don't go too far away places. Yeah, exactly. And I've tried, and I've tried different psychedelics mm-hmm. and magic mushroom and whatever I was. I don't know in my, in my <laughs> which I, I don't know exactly what I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting thing. But the fact that they're claiming that it's sort of like the, it's almost like the only thing that opens them up and connects yes. them. That's truly bizarre because so okay, so that's exactly the thing that you're saying mm-hmm. about this kind of rich people doing extra I don't know, have access to some extra stuff that sort of might feel nice mm-hmm. it's it just bizarre because in the end they're pursuing a very again individualistic thing or some sort of releasing let's say a trauma from their food through magic mushroom yet it's it's also the only thing that sort of for some time for a few hours they're tripping kind of opens them up empathetically to other groupers who lie on mats around them right, right. And, and then they kind of kind of reflect I don't know in, in, a, in a circle and talk about their interconnectedness mm-hmm. and how they all feel for each other and hug because there's a lot of there's hugging a lot there. of hugging too yeah yeah but it's <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I articulated it well now, but I've been thinking quite a lot about it. It's very kind of this Western, again, maybe like a certain upper middle class or upper class thing, but about everyone is extremely disconnected and very super true. individualistic. Yes. But yet there's this weird claim and sometimes who knows, what if they really felt that mm. for a few hours? But I don't know what it even means. Are they, can they be, will they be helpful to each other? Mm-hmm. Can they, or is it just saying that you're connected while you're crying on mushroom, feeling emotional? Right. So there's like this weird paradoxical thing because it's actually the only way they kind of feel connected is by tripping together mm-hmm. in an exotic location and kind of like forced to feel emotional. 
hospital right through, basically. and you Drag never know stage. Chris, yes weird how how much you know <laughs> being on assignment is going to affect you you're clearly supposed you know yeah. the, the one case that i can think of anyway is that it's in the most recent episode on you know consulting psychics mm -hmm. and they've got one assigned member of the goop team who's the skeptic and she's just continuing. Oh, yeah. I, I kept thinking, oh, they're going to build a big epiphany for her at the end. Because mm -hmm. surely she'll have to become a believer. She's just there to create a dramatic arc. But no, from beginning to end, she's the one who doesn't believe and who doesn't get any results from psychic readings and all the rest of it. So it was interesting because I think, I mean, at least of the episodes I saw, that was the only time that you had a, de a designated skeptic in the group. And I actually wondered if it was in some response to like fo focus grouping the show, like mm -hmm. it would be more compelling if not everyone had the prescribed results every single time. <laughs> you know, it would be good if someone was the exception, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it was just striking because it seemed unique in the in the episodes I watched that they have a holdout who doesn't get converted in the end. That's the only one. I watched all of them. That's the only, That's the girl, only one. Yeah, yeah. Young woman. Yeah. Which, interesting, you immediately think cynically, okay, so that was kind of like almost <laughs> I, I just <laughs> assumed she was assigned the role because otherwise, yeah. surely the idea is you all fall into line, you ha all have the experience and you all go, wow, it really works. I really did feel whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because there doesn't seem to be a big emphasis at all in the show on ever, you know, and presumably it would be hard to get guests. You don't want to bring in an expert mm -hmm. who says you're going to have these things happen and then have it not happen. You know, so of course there's going to be a kind of canned quality um, to the whole thing. And some of these things Gwyn Gwyneth, Gwynny is personally vouching for. Like the psychic is a psychic that she has consulted many times, you know, so... Yeah. So who's gonna have the actually, nerve? That was a funny. That was a funny scene. Remember how she? I, I I couldn't immediately figure out what she's saying. She she's saying that sometimes she saw some sort of psychic like people, and she thought, oh, everything they're saying is Googleable because yes, you know I'm, fam I'm famous. I'm famous. This is Googleable. That is Googleable. That is Google. Uh -huh. But then I met this person, which is the person on the show. This kind of weird looking woman, yes, psychic, and she told her the stuff that. It's not. It's not Googleable. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, goop, Googleable, goopable. I like. Well, I was, and I was that's confused. such. A, I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to say that that's how they got the name Goop. They got it because, and it's so. It's, it's so like this is so new era entrepreneur, because. There was is she. It had occurred to her, I think, or someone had told her. Companies do well. The logos that do really well um, have double O's, and I'm sure they're just thinking of Google and Yahoo. I can't think mm -hmm. of any other double O's. Mm -hmm. And so that was how they decided to have the double O's and then her initials on either side, so G and P on either end. But just the idea yeah. that you know, out of all this wellness and spirituality and feminism that what you come up, how you arrive at your name is what's a good monetizing brand name? What succeeds? <laughs> it's just yeah. so beautiful. It's just like, that's so perfect. Um, <laughs> also, it's almost like you kind of, you hope it's going to be a multi multi-million dollar thing. And so zeros are kind of this like uh -huh. multi-million dollar. But that just means that, yeah. yeah, there's something about like, oh, <laughs> you better be big. So it can't be like GP. <laughs> right. It has to be have something in between. And, and, and she also said it has to be a word that's very, you know, sayable. It's got that. And kind, it is. It is. Which, you know, you're like, oh, so yeah, you're you are right. In this world where you have to monetize anything, you have a sure, a very sure instinct in how to get yeah. the name that will work. Yeah. Sure. And and it's very usable. Like I, she uses it sometimes. I don't know. I, I she doesn't seem to be really capable of like kind of 
mean irony but at some point she talks to her she tells her cco sitting next to her "Ooh, you so like you're almost goopier than i am right so it's not only <laughs> a noun it's sort of like an adjective, an adjective it can too. be i guess it can be a verb We're gonna i don't i haven't heard i'm sure that's coming if it hasn't already <laughs> yeah. been said yes yeah i know also i think someone it not mine it's used in one of the reviews that oh i was almost gooped ah, it's almost yes, i guess i think duped, that's right duped. yes that's right like, I was almost yes, that is correct. Yes, Gooped. yeah. I, I don't know. It is very kind of well. I don't know. Weirdly usable. And, and I did like you know the one review I sent where they it's where I forget which if it's the New Yorker one. Someone anyway argues it's so clear that she's just built in that some people are going to hate watch this thing. That there's a sliver of followers who do it for the laughs. For the ridicule, yeah. for the hate, and so they. So she knows. She knows. You think, like, and there, there seems to be, you know, that whole. But come on, you don't have any problems. There seems to be like mo- moments of either humor or inquiry that are aimed at, you know, the 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 people that they know are just watching and going, "This is ludicrous," <laughs> or "Or I hate you for this," um, and that would make sense. That that the, you know the vast you know, money-sucking tentacles. You've got to include everyone you can get to, and that includes people who are True. laughing and resistant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of that hate thing, I think, you know, people at large or, I don't know, in the media kind of aware of that, mm-hmm. of that, you know, of sort of <laughs> peasant hate towards Gwyneth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made me think, you know, the con- contagion um, by Soderbergh was made in, what, 2011. Yes. And she started her newsletter in 2008 and quickly kind of, pr- pr- you know, became <laughs> the gooper, mm-hmm. the, 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 the kind of goopy version of herself. And, you know, like the, the fact that she was killed off in the first 10 minutes of the film and also you know her scalp was kind of like what is it open yes the flap of very her graphic cool yes. yeah the flap of flips down into hair. the camera and ultra close the there's something i mean obviously i have no idea i don't know steven soderbergh there's something almost aware of the kind of psyche of the people at the time that is like oh who's who's gonna be a woman for yes, that part it's perfect oh, of because it's, it's golden it's girl. the violation of the culture and well think of this <laughs> yeah. think of this what's the what's the 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 role that puts her on the road to fame, which is cemented by Emma, by the way, it's seven huh. uh-huh. when her head seven, in a box, okay. the blonde head in a box. Oh, that's right. So it's like you that bookend right. with Contagion and with seven. They start off. <laughs> no, but by, also Shakespeare in Love, I think, that, which no, that's was her big, not, no head, star that's her big breakthrough. Role. That's when she's full fledged. Um, but you can mm-hmm. see her coming out. Know, Emma's the coming up part where like she's gone from seven mm-hmm. which is a secondary part but still a key part to now I she's got yeah, the, i almost forgot now yeah. to the severed head yeah the severed head and it's just like severed because head. it's going to be played for maximum horror oh that perfect <laughs> waspy blonde head you know in the box and then yeah then contagion the flap that comes down the, of the blonde <laughs> hair that's her famous <laughs> signature you know? yeah is she natural blonde i don't know i guess she is. she's always she's always been blonde as far as i know i mean i think there's one I movie guess. where she wears brown hair i think it's sliding doors where she's yeah. briefly brunette, know. but it doesn't suit i don't know why because yeah. i guess and i don't want to bring but she's like half jewish i guess yes. there are blonde jews or part I guess that's possible. Yes, I don't Lauren McCall is Jewish. <laughs> yes. That is possible. Yeah, yeah, you can be blonde. Um, yeah, her, yeah. Her, her, it's her father, right, who's Jewish. I think so, Paltrovich. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> Blythe Danner is the most waspy white woman who ever lived. That's her mother, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she comes from Hollywood, you know, not royalty, but her mother was a noted successful actor actor and her father was built bruce paltrow the successful what producer right so she was you know oh, steven and soderbergh the, is her godfather so she was like in yeah. from the beginning yeah but you know even the the jew part of her family not waspy which is paltrow mm-hmm. i looked it up i looked him up and supposedly as far as i mean whatever wikipedia uh paltrovich is original family mm-hmm. name not paltrow and they come from like polish rabbinical it's like huh? her grand, grand, maybe not grandfather, maybe great grandfather mm-hmm. is like a, a rabbi oh. in Poland. Oh. So, which is, you know, that's the most elevated Jews that ever lived, mm-hmm. generally, the rabbinical families. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> so she's not just a wasp, she's also Oh, no, she's culturally weird. She's also got, she's got a cousin who's an opera singer or something. You know, there's all this mm-hmm. stuff about how it's, it's all been at a very elevated level, you know. Emma, it's all, all screams Emma. Yeah, she's Emma. she's Emma. She's just Emma. But again, with all the appealing qualities and, and the whole, you know, move toward greater compassion and understanding all removed. Yes, yes. That was a perfect... Who knows? We didn't even plan the segue, and yet it worked out perfectly. <laughs> yes, my accent is working. But you know, I have to bring up because not always. I still don't. Honestly, I still don't hate her, and I, I guess I never cared too much to hate. But um, I really loved her in this movie. I tried to remember what it's called. A comedy with Jack Black. Oh, which I haven't seen. Shallow watched? Hell. That's where she wears the fat yes. suit, right? Yeah, she's in a fat suit, but she's most of the film she's not in a fat suit. Uh-huh. Most of the film she's her skinny, mm-hmm. beautiful, pretty self, but acting as if she's fat, so very humble, mm-hmm. and he just sees her as very like knockout Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow. But in reality, she's sort of actually fat mm-hmm. he just kind of fell in love with her because he was under the spell of sort of seeing the people the inner beauty rather than outer uh, beauty so uh-huh. he kind of saw her you know as real Gwyneth but she wasn't that uh-huh. so anyway so she I don't know she has some like almost comedic semi strike I don't know I really oh no I think she definitely I haven't does. watched it in many years but uh, I think she I shows that really she does like in that Emma one. I think she definitely does mm-hmm. oh I think even the British cat you know the whole it was all a British production and she came over as the lone American and everyone was kind of eyeing her you know it's got Ewan McGregor and you know who all Jeremy mm-hmm. Northam and all these Brits and, and you know they're all kind of side eyeing her going oh okay so the lead of course goes to an American this super young untried blonde American wench and of course they were all completely overwhelmed at the table reading like she's a genius mm-hmm. she's going to be perfect well she's perfect casting you gotta hand it to her but it's not like she yeah. can't but, deliver uh, a comic line she can't no she can do and also did, did you see in the in, in the goop thing uh, most of her time she spends on that pink couch but sometimes she does the quacky thing mm-hmm. and does push-ups but sometimes you can see she kind of i don't know consciously what turns on the acting thing yes and it, it's just weird it kind of goes on and off it, that's really bizarre because she can kind of sort of ump up the charm and then some, and then, and retreat, then kind and of then, turn it off. Yes. And sometimes you'll sort know. of catch her looking, looking kind of removed and bored and then just saying one mm-hmm. word, but then all of a sudden you're right. Mm-hmm. She'll turn it on in a moment. And you know, that's, yeah, that's got to be part of your arsenal. You know, you read about Marilyn Monroe being able to do that. She would be like, you turn do it you want to see mm-hmm. her? You know, that's a famous thing. In fact, they, they enacted in that movie of her with Michelle Williams, where she says, you want to mm-hmm. see her? Cause she could walk anonymously down the street. 
and then she'd be like, you want to see me do her? Want to see me do her? And she'd turn herself into Marilyn Monroe and everybody would stop and be like, oh my God. And then she could turn it off again and become like this kind you of mean, drab. just the way she would move. Yeah, move like the, her face. Because she, you know, she had, you know, face, not ideal features, but she could kind of reassemble them into this. She had this ability <laughs> to turn on the charisma and turn it off. Um, which you wouldn't trippy. think looking at her, you'd be like, wow, she she's kind of got a figure like mm. and everything. She's And she thought all the blonde hair and everything, you'd think she'd always be noticed but supposedly according to her legend not but i would think that's got to be well, a thing yeah. you know and it, it is a thing supposedly being Bill clinton is like that oh really like that's a famous one yeah there's some i think shots of him kind of like preparing for being on tv but like there's something before right. Recorded right before he turns on and he's like totally off like a dummy <laughs> kind of like mm, and then like mm, oh. and then it's i think a lot of quite number of i don't know yeah. probably not all politicians but all those charismatic public people definitely probably have that yeah no no it's yeah it's, even yeah, yeah it's one of my favorite parts of the show and i was shocked when i read some of the reviews because so many people paid this you know slavish trip fawning tribute to but whatever you think about the content of the show she's such a star she's so fascinating and i was like really uh, there's like moments that's exactly what you i was gonna say there's moments when she kind of turns it on and comes alive and other moments where she's like some you know robot or mannequin she sits posed mm -hmm. she lets the cco do all the talking she'll be like oh wow sometimes or right or she'll nod in this really stilted way <laughs> you know and you're like is she bored with the filming is this take five i mean what is it that she just seems like she's preserving the image but she's not she doesn't seem particularly interesting or even lively and then all of a sudden zing it comes on and that seemed like a really interesting to thing to watch while you're watching the show if you're not all in that interested in you know energy healing or whatever <laughs> yeah that, that is true yeah and her cco is way more like kind of measured very it's always much the same sort of yeah. pretty interested yes kind of she's gazed. there to talk and engage and, and do all the work in other words while yeah. the, the head person can, can just off. check out mm -hmm. she's, and look pretty <laughs> that's all that's required yeah but we should mention yeah, the, a very topical the most recent scandal is a very topical one mm -hmm. um uh, uh, kelly brogan uh, a, hol a holistic psychiatrist according to her website is previously and you know, she's been on uh, she's been i think a guest an expert on panels um for goop um she's been part of the blog posts etc she claims there's no such thing as the coronavirus because she doesn't believe in quote germ-based contagion and when asked how come people are dying she says it's all based on fear. <laughs> They're caused by fear. Because <laughs> we know what fear can do. So yeah, yeah, that was the most recent scandal. You know, I think she said even I wrote that coronavirus is not a conceptual framework that I, I operate <laughs> within, within. That's right. Wait, <laughs> wait. Which is again, I don't want to. I mean, it's horrible what she's saying, but on some level, if she's um, there's this video of her in this like really sunny Southern California mm -hmm. uh, sort of uh, yard of her house mm -hmm. or something like that, and it feels like for certain people who like so so kind of like in this mm -hmm. stuck in this rich bubble what if it they really kind of lose touch because they sort of like it, it doesn't ha well it's not true because it does happen to rich and famous yeah, too especially absolutely. if they're older but there's something weird they kind of like almost forget that it's they feel it's like invented what if you're in the bubble and then it's like feels more invented because if you sit more in the poorer neighborhoods or in new york i don't know that you hear all the time uh -huh. some kind of ambulance people i don't know coughing and mm -hmm. sick 
above and I don't know, above neighbors, right. something like that. I don't know. What if you're so secluded that and it sort it just, of kicks? Yeah, you're not worried. You have your mansion and your acreage and your, you know, yeah. you send people to do your errands. So, you know, you could Definitely. just be going on and on forever. Oh, no, believe me. I know people who live in an affluent, very idyllic town and they call it the bubble because even though they're just kind of middle to upper middle class people, they're very aware of how protected they've been from the rigors of most of the world. It's a very sweet little town and all that. But, you know, they joke about being in the bubble. And of course, there's that famous yeah. episode in 30 Rock where Alec Baldwin does a whole playing a, a character named Jack Donahue, who's a, you know, a big shot in Hollywood. And he talks about being in the bubble and but they're relating it to being so good looking that, you know, which Alec Baldwin in his youth was that everyone falls all over themselves and you get all this praise and all this deference and all. And that's and that's the bubble, the bubble of good looks. But there's absolutely the bubble of. Yeah, you especially. Oh my God! Especially if you're among the the Hollywood quote unquote dynastic families, um, for all of their neuroses and they're very very neurotic. At least in my experience, there's just this untouchable sense of yeah. Yeah, they float. They right? float they're through kind of life, claiming that they have problems, but they're not real problems because you can always go to ta- your house in Taos. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what about Palm Springs? You have friends yes. that were on the show, and Palm Springs does it is it very, I don't know if you talked to them recently. That's a, like a huge bubble as well. Oh, yeah. Right? Kind I, of think, you know? I think very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's partly why they're, <laughs> they're there. You know, they work on their fabulous designer home. Everything in that place is like hand chosen by them. It's a Cardin, Pierre Cardin design or uh-huh. some other fabulous thing. Their color scheme is orange and silver. You know, they never post anything to like social media that isn't the fabulousness of their life. And I have to admit, I, I often <laughs> you know, just envy Todd and P. David. They live in a world mm-hmm. of kind of happiness and fun purchases and everything to them is a, is a delightful adventure in a way. I just, of course, they've made a conscious decision. It's not like they never had yeah. a period where they didn't have money, which they definitely did when they first starting out. But for me, it's just like I've, I couldn't dream of, of even, I wouldn't at this point. I mean, I, I wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah. But I, but I think like some people not even psychologically actually kind of like suited for that. Like I wouldn't, like if, even if yes. I had that, I think my temperament. Just, I don't think I could do that. I think to I could that. do that. I think that's absolutely right. Yes. So, so I, don't I would know. start to find that <laughs> burdensome. My God, I've got to post another look at the fabulous life we're leading set of photos. I would just yes, I would. I would find that depressing after a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Before I guess we part, mm. y- you did say um, that you have like a friend on the almost like inside of Goop. I don't know what, like a toll Gooper employee or oh, no, what is it that was, about it was more packaging? distant than that. It was just, I was telling a friend that I, we were doing this this episode mm-hmm. and, and she said, oh my God, I have I have a friend in LA who's in graphic design and she was part of the design team that made the packaging for the scented uh-huh. vagina candle. <laughs> <laughs> and she passed on to me since I'm not naming any names I'm assuming it's okay yeah. but it's supposed to be very very mm-hmm. secret insider knowledge that the next pro- the next product to follow uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina scented candle is Gwyneth Paltrow's the scent of my orgasm candle that, that's and that means my like means hers, hers. it's actually yes. means Gwyneth. I, I thought okay. that's what it meant it was Ooh. like somehow supposed to represent you know the individuals but no it's Gwyneth Paltrow supposedly <laughs> What are the logistics of of, of getting that down <laughs> to the lab? I don't know. 
know. I don't know. We're not that inside. We don't have anyone truly, quote unquote, inside who can no. tell us. And it's past. <laughs> so, so the vagina, this smells like my vagina. It's cold that way. Yeah. So I guess given it's a vagina, it costs like a, doesn't seem like a very big candle. It's kind of rather no, on a small side. It yeah. costs $75. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it's sold it's out immediately. Kind of, didn't it sell out? Now, no, you can buy it now. What if they like restocked it? Oh, because that you sent me a Guardian thing and it says, and of course it has sold out. So I guess they no, must have. I can see. Oh, yeah, so they've, buy re- now. they've resupplied it. And they must mean mm-hmm. the initial amount sold out when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, why do you want bizarre. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina scented? But it's also <laughs> crazier than, remember that, uh, what is it, Patrick, Patrick Zuskind? There's a novel perfumer. Oh if yeah, I say yeah, it right. Yeah. Do you know that? I, yes. This is crazy. He would kind of create what almost like perfumes out of like redheads, musk in their hat in their hair, uh-huh. like that. Yeah. But this one, she's like even crazier than any kind of yes. serial killer perfumer because he was a serial killer. <laughs> That's <laughs> this right. This is beyond. She should start doing the series of like Gooper smells too, like out of her, you know. Pick like the most beautiful black girl employee. Oh, it's got to be the most beautiful Asian employee. It's got to be do coming down for, the line. You know, I would think. Yeah, there's yeah, because that's too like there's lack of diversity. Yeah, exactly. You know, even though she has to be the focus and spokesperson, I don't see why not. Now that we've been introduced to the entire the entire group, I don't see why we can't move down the line. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's weird. I have to say, I mean, God, that show. I, I mean, we were already, I guess, said everything we had to mm. say. But th- that sort of dynamic between Gwyneth and her help, helper assistant CCO is, I mean, it's really kind of, I have to say, fun to watch. I mean, at least like a few episodes, because at some point, it just remembering Gwyneth asking how come she wasn't invited to some sort of like a group uh-huh. thing they were all doing the quackery uh, she's like oh that sounds like a fun like shindig uh-huh. and that's how I learned that word by the way from her oh, really? the state of it right <laughs> yes, that's and right. then yeah shin- oh that is a nice shindig and then the uh, the CCO tells her well because you had a private session princess oh and really? they kind of laugh oh. it off yeah but I think it felt I know it's a joke but then it's not it really is right. not she's a princess right. and she's like Treats she wants to be treated like a princess yes. by yes. <laughs> by everyone around. And that's so and familiar weird. too. That's so familiar. You know, it's it, it's you know you see it with with any kind of boss employee close employee dynamic. But how the testing out of how how much can you joke? How free can you be? And there's almost unless you're unless it's a total you know autocrat, you'll almost mm-hmm. always have the sense that no, there's a certain pleasure in having somebody who can tease you. <laughs> You know, but it's almost like a court jester. Yeah, it's very, I was about to say, you know, but it's very court mm-hmm. jester. It's, and you know it's in very prescribed limits. And there's going to have to be a lot of flattery mixed in and a lot. Yes, yes. Like it was. I think court yes, both flattery. And, yeah. Yes. She's not going to say you, you leech upon the lives of the people. She can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can say like, well, if you really want to help, try to advocate for universal health care. Yes. If you really oh, no, care so much about everyone getting the most out <laughs> of their lives, there'd be other ways you might do that. Yeah. 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 yeah but she's, you know, that I don't know, but I just assume she's probably kind of with her. Do you think they were the, the, like when there's someone like Hillarite kind of person? Oh, I, I, would, I would assume that. In fact, I read I, that I they know. had done a fundraiser. Gwyneth Paltrow had headed up one for Putin. 
a boot. That's perfect. Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. of this last election, which figures. But I, I, I almost positive. Yes, she was a Hillary Hillaryite. Oh man, classic. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a little unfortunate just because you feel like you almost have to just say the what what else are you going to say? Anyone who hears about yeah. it gets it in a second what it's going to be. You know, so it's it's actually a kind of harder subject to talk about interestingly than most because it's just like, yeah, it's obviously most people are just going to be like this is just just shocking, just an outrage, but at the same time it's such a familiar outrage. I, we've got a million examples of this. And Oprah, who's been so, you know, relatively uncriticized, is right there as the ultimate, like, sacred cow figure of this, um, who's just monetized everything you can monetize while claiming to sell women lifestyle shit. Yeah. You know, and how to live it's your best life bizarre. and yourself as the best example. But at least Oprah could, could had a life story that could represent, I came up out of really, real serious hardship and I'm a black woman mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And Gwyneth Paltrow does not have, does not have that. But she does have Oprah's full support and blessing. So we can all feel relieved, I'm sure. <laughs> because they flock together. Uh-huh. They all fucking flock yeah. together. Oprah is her like black auntie fairy. Yeah. Some sort of yeah. fairy character. godmother figure yeah godmother yeah yeah. well you know since you know i since again i watched i suffered through all the all the um episodes of goop lab (laughs) in the very last shot of last episode of goop Mm -hmm. uh which is about the psychic Mm -hmm. thing i don't know you watched it gwyneth ah okay then you know gwyneth kind of coyly asks asks the psychic woman Mm -hmm. like oh and now is the last question who's gonna be president president. 2020 yes that's right and, and, uh, and then they laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, well, what's? I don't know. What's that supposed to mean? I know. Don't and the, you and know? the idea that they can all they all laugh like ha 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 because this isn't a serious election or anything. Ha, ha. No, you know that no. kind of untouchable. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's so them. That's so perfectly them. It won't matter who gets elected. It really wouldn't matter because they'll be. Yeah, they'll always be floating. Well, it is. It, it you is wish that. you could say Robespierre will be our next president, and your <laughs> blonde head will be the first one in the guillotine, on guillotine. in Central Park uh-huh. in New York City. <laughs> Come on, she's already rehearsed it in her films. <laughs> head in a box, That's true. flap of you know That's her hair. True. She's already. But acted that was it just out. like a you know that was a what do you call it pressure wolf. Like she would, that never would happen to her. She's no Marie Antoinette, but but there's a wish fulfillment the at least in the movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. In We've already teed <laughs> so up. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah, Phil Fincher wanted to do it to her. Interesting, right? So both Fincher and Soderbergh. Yeah. Just said, yeah. Misogynistic pieces of shit. So. And that is, I meant to look it up and I didn't. Supposedly in the New York Times, and I, I regret that I forgot. Supposedly there was a, a feminist defense of goop and the goop lab. And it was all about how that you could, you would never have this kind of vitriol aimed at any kind of male endeavor. It's because it's a woman, it's supposed to be helping women. It's women focused. And even the kind of all the product designs, almost everything, even though there's a little sliver of men's products that she has on her site, it's all very woman-y in this ultimately cliched and horrifying way, if you ask me. But yeah, there's actually that, that defense that, that, it's because it's all meant to help women. Therefore, that is why we attack it, which is bull. <laughs> it is such bull. But at least someone, you know, I think it was two women co-writers made the made the attempt. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, she's one of the first uh, in many, I, I believe, probably to come if this like, capitalist thing continues. One of the first women owners of this huge multi-million dollar kind of, I don't know, built somewhat from scratch corporations. That is, I guess, is new. I don't know how. I don't know. Can you call selling, it selling people no, shit I don't know for what they don't need is an old, is an old, no. old professional. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like gender wise, yes, she's legitimately like one of like a few. If, if that if that's what they want to call feminism. And okay, it is. Sure. That's the point. This is what they want to call feminism. Jesus. It's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I think I'm done I'm with her. Done. I'm done. I think I'm group. done. I think we've talked it into the ground. But I know, yeah. I know. But next, well, we should point yeah. out next week, um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, we've rescheduled John Tanzer, the cinematographer. He was supposed to come on a few weeks ago, had to postpone. So he's going to be our next week's guest. We're going to talk about what it's like to be generally a very busy industry professional now that there's absolutely not one thing going on <laughs> pretty much um, in uh, the film and television industries. Um, so that's for next week. Yeah, that's that's good yeah. for for a change. Yes, we need to get back yeah. to something semi serious anyway. After today, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, that was I felt that was actually serious. <laughs> well, yeah, how? But somewhat, how somewhat. Is it? I don't know. How is it? I don't know. Well, you know, it it's like it was at least on brand. We usually talk about stuff we hate. Yeah. But you know, it's what sucks or stuff that sucks. So that was that was one of those. It was. You know, we we definitely it's are hard saying. to talk about something that is amazing. So we usually <laughs> yeah, we should try. That. We should this we stuff, should do. We it. should it's try. It's harder and more daring. Find something mm-hmm. that we love and want to talk about. It's much harder, much harder to talk yeah. or write about it or anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we should we should we should try. It's actually All right. well, can be a good exercise. Some ideas. Yeah. Okay. Right. See you. See you on the other side. See you on the other side.